Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. We are graced today as Dustin still coming home from Buffalo, still probably smarting over the 27-24 loss. Yesterday, his bill suffered to Kansas City. Took the whole family there to experience it. Because of that, you heard the laugh already. It's Daryl Ryder, our Browns beat reporter. What's up, buddy? <laughs> Wide right. Can you just... And the funny I thing f- is, I, f- I feel for him. I I do it, it because look here in Cleveland, it was John Elway in three straight AFC Championship games, right? I mean, so wide right rears its ugly head again. I actually had the thought while watching the game last night, and I actually thought the Bills were going to come back and win it. I thought it was only a matter of time. They kept connecting, just almost connecting on those sixty-yard passes. No, they weren't coming back to win it. It, it was Buffalo was going to go down, take the lead. Leave too much time on the clock, and Patrick Mahomes was going to go right back down the field and just rip their hearts out. But as I was thinking about it, I was like, man, it's pretty wild how their John Elway is now Pat Mahomes, and the only difference is every time that he's beat the the Bills, he then tends to go to the Super Bowl or, or win the Super Bowl, and it's like... Man, I forgot how much that sucked. It's awesome to always be in the playoffs, right. but when there's one team you just can't beat. And, like, I, I've seen all these things. Oh, this is just – Pat Mahomes is just that much better than Josh Allen. And I'm like, no, no, I think it's Kansas City is just that much better than Buffalo. Yeah. Like, no offense to Sean McDermott. I'm, I think he's a good head coach for whatever that means. He ain't Andy Reid. You know what I mean? Nope. So, I think that's the difference. I think when you have – when you have the perfect head coach with a perfect quarterback, that's why you can't beat them. Yeah, the 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 Chiefs are to the Bills what the Broncos were to the Browns in the yep. late 80s, early 90s, or Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls were to the Cleveland Cavaliers because those late 80s and early 90s Cavaliers teams were NBA championship material, but they could just never find a way to, to get by Jordan and the Bulls, just similar to the Browns, could never find a way to get by John Elway and the Denver Broncos. It's just it's one of those things. And you when you're an organization like Buffalo, your offseason meetings usually start with, all right, what on earth do we need to do to finally beat Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, right? I mean, I, I think, you know, it's so funny, like the they they blitz Mahomes a little bit, but their version of blitzing is like throwing a fifth guy out there right. or like the delayed guy where it's like he's really their equal parts spy to Mahomes in case Mahomes takes off. Which, by the way, is not how you beat Patrick Mahomes. 
No. But you, blitzing Patrick Mahomes no. usually does not end well for you. Nope. You, you beat him with a four-man rush. Did not end well for the Bills. And that really is like it, we we make it into Josh Allen versus Mahomes. What I saw was the Bills pass rush, which two years ago was the best version of it we saw. Yeah. And they left 13 seconds on the clock and they won. I mean, that's that's as flukish as it gets in 13 seconds. It ain't the same pass rush. Right. And it's so funny because like I think they need weapons around Josh. I I wouldn't wouldn't put it past firing Sean McDermott only because Vrabel, Belichick, and uh, and Jim Harbaugh are out there. They're available and and guys who I think are just of a different ilk of a head coach. Even though Vrabel and McDermott might be in the same ballpark, but like I I think Vrabel might be a good fit up there if yeah, they, if they were to I make agree. that change you suggest. Yep. I think of the guys that you mentioned, right, of Vrabel, Belichick, Harbaugh, I think Vrabel would be the more seamless guy that could slide in. And I think the only reason you don't do it is if you know bringing in a more experienced coach might dislodge Brandon Bean, who I think is the real specialty in Buffalo. I think their GM is exactly why that team wins year in, year out, and yeah, I gotta be honest, but I, but like it's funny because everybody I've seen talk about this with Dustin is like, oh, Dustin should have known, and I'm like, <laughs> me and like taking his family there, and I'm like, guys, like we wouldn't do that if it was here, like, oh well, yep, you're gonna lose in the fr- the second round of the playoffs. Okay, are you not gonna go? You not like that's your team. Teach him the pain early, man. Right, like make them numb early. The sooner the better. What was the one that did you win? What was the first one? Because I can tell you the first one for me. It was Julian Tavares crying at the end of the 95 World Series. The 95 World Series destroyed 10, 11-year-old Nick Wilson. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm a little – the, the shot for me. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that was, that, was, that was my first real understanding. I remember the drive, mm-hmm. but I was at a point in life where I didn't comprehend much. Now, some would argue I'm still at that point in my life, but that's a different discussion. You said it, not us. I know. I had to beat you to it. I knew it was coming. Uh, but the the shot really like that, where I really kind of got the understanding of how things go, and then um, the fumble followed that, and then obviously when they went back to Denver, and it looked like they were ready to overtake the Broncos, and then they just got tarred and feathered early in the game and it was like nope ain't gonna be this year either it's funny I do like the more I thought about it I do like the Bills comparison I'm sorry the Bulls comparison more yeah simply because the Bulls then went and won those championships yeah so when that happens to you you're like well that could have been us if we had just gotten through that team right whereas but the Broncos didn't win the yeah, Super exactly Bowl. Yeah. yeah so uh hopefully he's okay hopefully I I more felt bad like his son's a huge Bills fan Kids, but I, I think he's like right around the, my youngest as well. That's a tough age. That was that was when I got my first heartbreak. I was ten. I, I everybody like that first. There's like an age range of anywhere from like eight to like thirteen where you get your first real Cleveland sports or just any sports heartbreak, and you kind of just like there's no real consoling it. Like I remember my my dad being like, "Yeah, he'll get used to it." Like that's the level of consoling you got in Cleveland was like. I, I feel you. I'm so sorry. I wish I could make this better, but don't worry. There'll be another one. Yeah, I remember yeah. being like, I'll get to do this again and feel this again. I remember just crocodile and again, tears, and again, man. And again. I was just, and I'd like ran to my bedroom. I had like a tent over my, my bed because, you know, I was like, again, 10. And I remember my dad coming in. And I was, he was just like, hey, hey, don't worry. 
there's going to be another one. And I was just like, what do you mean there's going to be another one? It's like the first time a girl broke up with me. My dad said the same thing. He's like, there's going to be another one. I'm like, why? Why would you do that? And then you start to find out why you would do that. And it doesn't make it any easier to deal with when it does happen in the end. So today was a big day. Andrew Barry spoke. And I got to say, whatever guru, spiritual advisor is influencing his, uh, his TED Talks, I love it. I got to say, he starts it with a parable. Every press conference we get from him starts with like this. We got a Tom Telesco story today. And then when the answers, it's like you could ask Andrew anything. And then it diverts into another story. Yes. It was not, you know what? And it was fantastic. I actually think like I'm going to make fun of him here in a minute because I make fun of everyone. But I do think he's becoming the more effective communicator to the media when it comes to big, important kind of things. And I always say more, he is more effective than Kevin. That's not Kevin's fault. It's just not Kevin's foray. Is I think Kevin has all these things pulling at him, including want to make sure he doesn't upset the locker room, want to make sure it stays in line with the message. I think some people are just naturally better than that. Want to keep the family business, the family business. And I think think Andrew's just kind of naturally better. But like there was one point where somebody's like, you know, it actually might have been you. Oh no, you were asking about Miles Garrett's health. And you're yeah. like, how how much did Miles' shoulder injury impact him down the stretch? And you referenced the uh the the lack of sack production down the stretch. And he was like, you know, it's less about how much did or didn't it hurt him down the stretch, and it's more about Miles as a and it just and it was just like yeah. it's it it's honestly, it is in the same vein. When you get to become a experienced negotiator slash fighter with your significant others, and it's like, so you think my mom's horrible? Well, it's less that your mom is horrible, okay? And it's more that when I find myself listening to the things that she says, I find myself just feeling a certain sort of way that doesn't in line with how I like to feel. His his best answer was when Zach Jackson asked him, how, you're, how are you a better general manager today than you were four years ago? And he went into the patience. Mm-hmm. And he started talking about that and how he's just naturally an impatient person and why he's an impatient person and how now he's still the same impatient person, but yet he's more patient. I and, actually, and, and, and I thought that that was just such a brilliant answer. It's so funny you've said that because – I actually love hearing coaches and personnel and executives talking about the self-scouting that goes into a season. Right. And it's actually, Kevin is so insightful with stuff like that. You know, um, Andrew Day called him like, he's one of the best people we have. You know, or he's like the bell star. He's the absolute best just as a person before you get to coach and all that other stuff. And it was like, I would love to hear Kevin talk about like, but, and that's the one area that we've tried to give him here. And I know, you know, you guys have asked him similar stuff and he just doesn't feel comfortable. I'm like, man, I think you would win over a lot of people. If you were just like, you know, I had to learn a lot of stuff along the way. And here are the two or three lessons that I learned. And you don't have to get specific with who else was involved, but I just think that's the part of Kevin. I think if you just tweak that just a little, I think it would make him even more, human and approachable to Browns fans who just don't feel like they know him because his answers tend to be a little robotic Robotic. and a little, you know, kind of uptight. Well, I've been fortunate enough. I've been around Kevin without cameras and microphones and recorders rolling. And he is 
exactly how you described as far as personable, uh, very relatable, laid back. Has He has a great sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a great personality. But once you're in that, the setting that we're in, right, where I'm having to ask him, okay, why why on earth did you call a pass on third and three when you should have run the ball and <laughs> punted and given your defense the long field to work, right? I mean, so when he's in those settings, though, when the cameras and, the, you know, the, the microphones and recorders are on, he just, as you said, he wants to make sure that he's on message, that he's projecting that aura of calm, uh, that uh, he is not saying anything that, puts any family business that might be going on behind the scenes out there for us to then go into the locker room and ask about and things like that. And I look, while it doesn't, you know, make our jobs any easier, it's not even about, but it's, it's not about us. He does. He, I'll be honest with you. He's the most effective that they've had since coming back Mm -hmm. because what we don't have anymore, right? We're not waking up every Sunday morning to read the latest hit piece from one of the network reporters and yeah. insiders about everything that's going on behind the scenes in Cleveland. Yeah. That doesn't happen anymore. He you know, and I give him credit. He's cleaned that stuff up. The closest we got was the De Podesta stuff by Charles Robinson, I think in November. And that was about as much as I can remember in the yeah. last three years. Actually, no, since Baker Left, So we're going to play a fair amount of what Andrew Barry had to say today, and we're going to get in his thoughts on the offensive coordinator search, and we're going to get his thoughts on actually what he did share about the offensive coordinator search. We'll get into Nick Chubb. We'll get into Kevin Stefanski, potential contract extension, plenty from Andrew Barry earlier today, and including, I will, we'll just play this right out of the, the rip here. Um, Andrew Barry in his press count conference or conference as people in Wisconsin say, I suppose, um, he was asked a myriad of things about the offensive coordinator search, the coaching staff hires and, and what could be coming down the pike. And the, the basic answer was, uh, we'll have a conversation about this when the staff is completed, which Okay, I mean, it feels a little weird and selective, but I do understand that there's a lot of moving parts to the coaching staff and that especially with like Bill Callahan's son is interviewing for uh, head coaching jobs, that could potentially change the dynamic and what you're looking for. Uh, Different coordinator hire could mean something different for different guys on your staff. But the one thing he did offer up was when he was asked about Deshaun and how Deshaun's history factors into the offensive coordinator search. Do you think it's important or a good idea with your coaching vacancy to have someone associated with Watson who coached him before? Okay, I'll answer one question, coaching staff. You got me. All right, we're going to look for the best people. We're just going to look for the best people, and it's just as simple as that. So when you hear that, I tend to think I think I think that's the kind of thing you say. Like the Browns have also said, you know, kind of told uh, different reporters that's going to be a very comprehensive offensive coordinator search. I think those are just kind of the general parameters that you throw out there into the ether so that no matter who you hire, it doesn't um, right. impact the way people think about it. I don't necessarily believe that that is the smartest way to go about this. Yeah, and and look – um, I, I totally get where Andrew was coming from today and not wanting to get into why they, they made the change with Alex Van Pelt, why other 
coaching staff uh, changes were made, the fact that Bill Callahan could potentially be on the move if his son gets a head coaching job. Uh, uh, Brian Callahan's interviewing or reportedly interviewing with the, the Titans, the Falcons, uh, and the, the Panthers. And the Panthers. Yeah. So, um, and that would be a tremendous loss for the Browns because yeah. I, I think that he is uh, the best in the business when it comes to offensive line coaches and a big, big reason why when you look at all the shuffling that happened on the offensive line the last couple of years, yeah, there have been in spots some drop-off, but it's not been the scale that I would expect it to be. I look at what happened with DeWan Jones this past year from a guy that you know was ready to keel over after a rep in rookie minicamp to – he is dominant on the right side of the Browns' offensive line, taking over for Jack Conklin before he got hurt. So I, I, you don't want to say in those situations, you don't want to say anything that that tips your hand because you're competing with all these other franchises out there when it comes to uh, you know coaching openings that they have and staffs that are trying to be put together behind the scenes and whatnot. Right? Mm-hmm. These these head coaching candidates when they go in. To these interviews, it's okay. Here's who I'd like. Here's three names I want as my OC. Here's three names I want as my DC special teams. Here's some assistant coaches that I'm thinking about. Right, mm-hmm. that's all part of that process. So he doesn't want to say anything that compromises that. So, and I thought, you know, as politely as he could today, hey, when everything's done, okay, we can have maybe have a little more of an honest conversation of, you know, why we thought changes need to be made. Ultimately, I think it just comes down to Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. I, I think this whole thing comes down to Deshaun and making him the best that he can be. Uh, you know, getting through to him from an order. And I'm not saying that that's an issue. I want to be very clear. I'm just we're speaking in generalities here, right? Making sure that you know, communicating and we're all on the same page and understand what the goals are and what we're trying to do and achieve and. The schemes are what fits what he does and, and all those things. But everything that they do this offseason, Nick, from my standpoint where I sit, all about Deshaun Watson and maximizing the sixth draft pick and $230 million with no get-out-of-jail-free card attached to that contract. That's what this is all about this offseason. Well, I, I agree with you. And I also think like there's a part of me, you know, Kevin and the Browns and Deshaun – all talked about in their getting-to-know-you phase before anybody agreed to anything back at the very beginning of this process that, that you know, Kevin and, and Deshaun just talked ball. Yeah. In the last two years, like, I'll be honest with you, I've I've wondered what ball they actually talked about, whether it was somebody else's football, whether it was – whether they just – maybe they both loved uh, Houston high school hoops. I don't know. On the gridiron as well. Um, because it has been as uneven as possible. Right. And – you know, it's funny because there's been so much talk about Kevin as the the play caller, and that's something we'll get into later in the show. But I just don't know how you look at the offense with Deshaun the last two week, uh, the last two years and look at the impact the last six games of 2022 was supposed to have and say that the offense you thought you were going to have, whether it was more spread concepts and just more opportunities for Deshaun to just kind of improvise and do what is in his wheelhouse. Right. It, it just, it, it, it has not looked like that. And that's no fault of Kevin Stefanski, the offensive coordinator. It's a fit thing. And so 
Yeah, I, th- I think this offseason, starting with the OC search, and honestly, if you have to find a new offensive line coach, and if you have to hire a new quarterbacks coach, and all these different things, I think all of that goes into how can we unlock Deshaun Watson? Because it has, even this year, there were moments, but it still felt like you were swimming upstream yeah. with with this whole thing. And I think, you know, I, I'll be honest with you, I don't care if he's an associate, whatever the new offensive coordinator, if he's an associate of Deshaun. Even the fact that he might have just private, previous experience with Deshaun is not the number one thing that matters most to me. But the idea that you know how to run an offense around Deshaun and that you have experience with a quarterback like Deshaun with every way that this guy's gifted, if you don't bring that kind of guy in this offseason, you're going to make yourself wonder, why the hell didn't you? Because this was your chance, right? And if in a year's time we go, oh, we got to hire a new offensive coordinator again because we got to find out, no. So you're saying they need to go the Sean McVay route. Like if you've ever filled the water bottle for Sean McVay, congratulations, you're now a candidate to be an NFL head coach, right? I, I think <laughs> I think that should put you as part of the conversation. So I, if you, I don't know it should be the thing that gets you the job. So if you've changed Deshaun Watson's cleats at any point, yes. congratulations, yeah. you are now a candidate to be the Browns offensive Yeah, if you've helped Deshaun sign an NDA at any point in the last little bit, I'm sorry, of course, we'll take a step back there. Um, no, I think if you have experience with Deshaun, it makes a lot of sense. It doesn't mean that has to be the thing that gets you hired. It doesn't mean the yeah. thing that – but, like, let's be kind of pragmatic about this. Like, right. the whole point is not to hire another good friend of Kevin Stefanski. Like, that was my takeaway when I saw the list last week was, I have no problem against Clint Kubiak. And there's a connection there because of his dad, Gary, is a mentor of Kevin. I love that stuff. See, I love how football works relationship-wise. That's why I'm looking at Tim Kelly because it's like yeah, he was Deshaun's OC in Houston when things were going really, really well. And, well, because of coaching changes that have been made, he's probably available. You could probably go get him. It's also what blew me away that Bill O'Brien wasn't at least called because Bill O'Brien was actually the play caller for most of Deshaun's time in Houston. And Tim Kelly was the guy that kind of turned it over to see, in the see. offense. Now, now, now I'm torn because I'm really glad he's in Columbus right now. Um, yeah, no, by the way, I'm, I actually think it's a great fit for Columbus. But I was surprised that maybe that – because, like, there's when – you're, when you're bringing a guy on board in January, there's no real – in college football, there's right. no real time limit. You can announce that whenever. Yeah. And so I thought it would have made sense for Bill to be like, well, let me just talk to the Browns, but maybe the Browns didn't call. But that would have been the guy would have – Hey, yeah. at least pick his brain. Right. You know, like, at least start to have the conversation. But yeah. the idea that the Browns wouldn't at least involve anybody that's got history with Deshaun, like, a lot of these guys are going to come in the first time they work with Deshaun. You know, that um, Clint Kubiak, this will be the first time I think Clint directly worked with Deshaun. That's a little frightening to me. That, that's a little, that, like, what are we doing? Is it would be kind of my mentality. Yeah, yeah again, like, here's here's the... Here's the concern that I have, I guess, or my takeaway from this past season is when I separate what we saw from Deshaun at the beginning of the year, right, mm-hmm. all the way up through the the shoulder injury. Which one? This the second one. <laughs> okay, thank yeah, you. Yeah, there are two of them. Um, and then I extract Joe Flacco's five games in the regular season, right? 
it just looked like two different offenses to me. It, it, it really did. Now, I realized that Joe Flacco, Deshaun Watson, just like last year with Jacoby and Deshaun, two separate players. I understand that. Different skill sets. I get it. But the feel of everything, mm-hmm. like for the first time since this team, well, I take it back because in 2007, that was a pretty fun year with Derek Anderson in that offense. But those five games with Joe Flacco, I just, when I watched it, it was like... Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Eureka, this looks like a modern NFL offense all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. Up and down the field they go, scoring touchdowns left and right. Okay, so he's throwing picks here and there, but... There's some explanation to some of those interceptions that weren't necessarily Joe Flacco being Joe Flacco in his New York Jets days, right? Where he's making bad decisions. It's no, guys aren't doing what they're supposed to do, interceptions. Or we can't send a kicker out because we don't have a kicker to mm-hmm. kick a field goal. So I I, I struggle separating it. Mm-hmm. And maybe I am being unfair holding now Deshaun to what I consider the Joe Flacco standard now. All I know is in five games, Joe Flacco threw for 300 yards four times. He threw for one fewer touchdown than Deshaun has in 12 starts. Um, The offense scored a lot more points, racked up a lot more yards, and it was a lot more fun to watch. That's what I, like, what I saw from Joe Flacco coming off his couch is what I've been waiting to see from Deshaun Watson. Yeah, now, I mean, we've the, seen but this pieces. is where but this is where fit matters. Right. Like if Deshaun doesn't fit back to the back uh, back to the defense, you know, run, um I almost said RPO, a play action offense. Right. Why why are we taking 2 years to figure that out? And it felt like last uh 2022 the six games were mulligan and then this year well we're finally going to do it and then it felt like this is the Browns saying, "Well, we can't do that again." And so I, I get the Flacco stuff. I will say, I think it's apples to oranges. I think a guy that took 250 days off versus a guy that took 750 days off is wildly different. Right. And I think to me this year, just because people are taking I think it's a I think it's like what where did you enter the building at? Joe Flacco entered as a dude coming off the bench right. at seven and five, coming off two straight losses even though he's part of the, the L.A. loss. Right. So anything that Joe did is naturally going to be easier to accentuate the positive than the negative because we don't have – there's no skin in the game. 
Yeah. Dude made $4 million this year. All right? And and honestly... Yeah, and he had nothing to lose. Everything to gain, nothing yes. to lose, and whereas, he played like it. Whereas Deshaun, like, I agree with some of the stuff and just the ability to easily generate offense. I think there's a real question as to, okay, why the hell was it so tough? And they've got to, like, they need to figure, with this offensive coordinator thing, that's what they got to figure out. How how can we make Deshaun Watson back into the, into the superstar that he seemed destined to become with the Houston Texans for the Cleveland Browns? Like, to me, that's the number one priority this offseason. Aside, aside from, you know, trying to win the, the division, but, like, getting him back to that level, priority number one. 216-474-0092. So we are reacting to Andrew Barry talking about if Deshaun factors into the offensive coordinator search. And we'll just ask you, do you think Deshaun should either directly factor into, meaning the candidates that they interview should have experience with Deshaun or experience with a quarterback like Deshaun? And would it would it bug you if Deshaun had a say in this? I'll be honest with you. I think this is one, and I, I don't think Browns fans are going to like to hear this. Not only should that should that impact some of the field that you deal with in interviewing the new offensive coordinator and and who you try and target for this, I think you should rope Deshaun in the conversation. I think the reality is the response to what I just said will be, well, he hasn't earned it. Uh, Yes, he has. He earned it because you gave him a $235 million contract, and that's all that matters. Money talks. You know what walks, and you don't have any out on this contract in any way. And I don't think people realize that, Daryl. You, there's, there's no, there's no getting out of this. No, you. The only way out is through, as it were. And so you would be stupid not to call up Deshaun and say, "Hey, what are the guys you like that have worked with that might be available?" It doesn't mean you're letting him make the hire. That's different. But having him as part of the conversation, or maybe even having him talk to some of these candidates. For the guys that he doesn't know, honestly, you're just trying to do the best job you can to make the $230 million trade work, which at this point, I don't, like, I get it. There's a lot of football things we say, a lot of no-nonsense Tommy Truck Nuts thing we like to say to sound tough on the radio. No, I don't care. If if this thing could fail, and it's never been in more danger of failing because of the injuries. Right now. And because you're now two, what another year removed from him playing it at his absolute zenith, twenty it was 2020 was his best season in the NFL. It's going to be 2024. So if it's just about well, we're just going to hey, listen, half the NFL is I just hired a guy because we used to work together at Louisville 20 years ago. So the idea that you wouldn't do that for your 230 million dollar quarterback who clearly to this point isn't comfortable. I think would be the height of hubris, and I don't. I think the organization is beyond that kind of insanity and, uh, quite frankly, just stupidity. Square peg, round hole. Can't can't do it. Just yep. ha- just have to find someone that fits his skill set, how he thinks about the game, how he sees the game. Mm-hmm. Because I think that there's that's a big part of this too. And you're a hundred percent right. What is it? I made the joke. I don't care if you changed his cleats before. Mm-hmm. Like if you can, or at least you bring him in for an interview and you're picking their brain and you're taking notes about yep. things that, you know, what he likes, what he doesn't like, what motivates him, what doesn't. You see what I'm saying? Just just to get that picture. Because sometimes you interview guys, uh, and this happens all the time in the draft, just to get a file on them, right? Mm-hmm. You, you, you 
interview a prospect coming in. Uh, you have the file on them, so you might have zero intention of drafting that player in the upcoming draft, but when free agency hits in four or five years down the road, what do you do? You go back into the file cabinet, and you pull out your notes from your combine interviews and your pre-draft scouting and, and things like that, in addition to whatever material you've accumulated since that player's been in the NFL. It's the same concept here. So, yeah, you know, the, the current list of candidates does nothing for me it, right now. It just... I'm sorry. We're in agreement, by the way. I, I, there's not one name that really, whoo, that guy. That's the guy that's going to fix right. this thing. Um, so, you know, cast the wide net. Take your time within obvious reason because you're, again, competing with all these other teams that are going to be trying to put their coaching staffs together once they figure out who they want to hire to do so. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, th- this is all about Deshaun and making him comfortable, really making him feel, like you said, part of the process, which, yeah, you're not getting out of this contract to the point of now you're going to you're gonna kick the can down the road again this offseason. You're going to do the, quote, restructure, convert the salary into signing bonus, add some voidable years and whatever. Guess what? If Deshaun doesn't work out and you don't or are unable because it would become fiscally irresponsible to extend his contract after the existing five-year 230, that cap hit bill will come due. Mm. You're going to be where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were post Tom Brady. Cap hit comes due. Um, and that's not the position. As, and Barry said it today. They look at this not in a two-year vacuum of he's only played tw- in 12 games and had to sit out 22. Um, they look at the, this is a 10-year investment for them. Mm-hmm. That's how they're looking at this through that lens. The problem is, we haven't seen in two years that it's worthy of a 10-year investment right now. Yeah, the 10-year investment thing caught a lot of people's attention. The reality is that should have always been the goal. Like, if if, if the day that they traded for him, we look at this as a 10-year investment, people have been like, oh, he's going to be here for 10 years. Well, but, they, now, but now they, two years in... They did say that. Well, but my point is, two years in, people get cold feet. Well, that's what happens when you give the first fully guaranteed contract. Like, this was always the risk and the downside of if he has injury problems, his performance problems, it's not just going to be two years from now everything gets cleaned up. Right. It's going to take a long time to to clean up, and that's why you got to make it work. Yeah, because once once you move on, like just worst case scenario here. Okay, I'm not saying this again, but just since we're having the discussion, worst case scenario is you get to the end of year five, and you're or, or I should say end of year four, and I don't know if we're going to extend him. We, we haven't gotten the bang for the buck that we were hoping for, right? That's worst-case scenario. Then you say, all right, well, then let's get through year five because we have to, or that we just swallow the pill right then and there. But let's, at the end of year five, all those voidable years that you added to stretch mm-hmm. is, in quotation marks, signing bonus money, which is salary. Yeah. That comes due immediately. And I will tell you this, I don't know that the elevation of the salary cap I don't know that the incline on that is going to be steep enough to accommodate what that cap hit is going to be. Because, like, right now, like, and this is the issue I have sometimes with the national media, that, that, that sometimes they don't realize they don't know what they're talking about. Like, I forget who it was, but someone, should the Browns trade Deshaun Watson this offseason? 
Uh, no, no, because they can't. It's a $190 million salary cap hit if they trade Deshaun Watson this offseason. So that's not happening. Why are you writing that piece? Yeah, and by the way, anything that involves that also re- requires Deshaun's ability to rip up his contract to some degree, which also isn't going to happen. Right. <laughs> you don't get a fully guaranteed contract and go, you know what? I'll help it make it easier for you to trade me, and then I'm going to eat some of that money too. That right? No, it, it's just not going to happen that way. So, um, but so that's kind of the worst case scenario that nobody wants to see happen. Like the Browns are fully invested in making this guy a success, and him, they made this trade not with the idea of we're going to get to the playoffs and see what happens. They made this trade with the idea of what Andrew Berry talked about today, Nick, winning the division, hosting playoff games, and playing in as well as winning the Super Bowl. That's why they made this trade, because they believed he was the missing piece. That was the missing element for this franchise, is they didn't have that guy. They didn't have a Patrick Mahomes. They didn't have a Josh Allen. They didn't have any... You take your pick of the elite quarterbacks out there. They didn't have that guy. They had Baker. He was good. Got him out of the, got the help get the franchise out of the ditch. But Baker took us as far as he's going to get us to go. Right? We need that transcendent player. And they felt Deshaun was, and they believe he still is that transcendent player. So everything they do this offseason is going to be about. They're not going to say it publicly, even when we ask the questions. But everything they do this offseason is going to be about returning Deshaun Watson into that transcendent player that they gave $230 bucks to. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.